Ladies and gents, welcome to the third ever BTL exclusive podcast, the MLB season preview on the Book It Sports Podcast Network. Javon, it's currently Sunday afternoon, February 25th. We're about a month away from opening day. Uh, depends on what you want to count opening day, but we still got a lot to go through, you know, before we get to MLB season, uh, like March Madness, right? But Javon, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm so stoked for the MLB season. Are you ready? for your raise to bring it back? Are you ready for baseball to make its return? Dude, I'm so ready. I'm getting all the uh, spring training clips on my timeline, and I'm getting excited to uh, overreact to a bunch of stuff. So, you know, I'm always ready for baseball season, and I think everybody is at this point. It's like the weird couple of weeks in between, like Super Bowl and the end of March Madness, where everybody's getting super excited. I'm one of them. 100%, man. If I see one more James Wood spring training home run, I'm going to lose my mind. That guy looks like he's Aaron Judge, but a lefty and even better. We're going to have to find out, hopefully, at the end of the season, Javon. But um, anyone who follows BTL or our content before Javon over the years, they know we're baseball guys, right? We grew up playing uh, the sport the longest. You know, we know the most about this sport. Not going to sit up here and say it's my best sport to bet on, but definitely the most knowledgeable sport by, uh, by far. Um, on this pod, Javon, we're not going to spend, you know, too much time diving in deep to the divisions or odds or specific teams or anything like that. So we're going to keep it surface level talk for MLB here, um, not go over the divisions or futures, really anything like that. We're going to talk, you know, some new look teams, some moves that were made in the offseason this year, a lot of new pieces on some new squads. Guys, if a big time player moved in the offseason, you're going to hear about it. We're going to talk about it. OK, uh, but before we dive in here real quick. Please, guys, drop a like and follow us on Spotify, okay, or wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, whatever it is, okay? Leave a review, okay? Leave a comment, drop a like, and drop a follow so we can keep pushing these puppies out and keep giving you guys winners during the MLB season, okay? Uh, so without further ado, Javon, I think before we officially dive in to the 2024 season, we got to get going and talk about this 2023 year and do a W recap here real quick. Uh, you know, Judge Unders were free, right? His under home runs for the season was free. The Reds were winning at an alarming rate. Very cool. And the Yankees stunk, right? Life is good. No complaints on my end. The jerseys functioned well, Javon. Uh, let's hope we can replicate some of that success in the new year. Yeah, I love how you snuck in. You just sandwiched the Reds between two separate Yankee hater comments, which is hilarious. But yeah, last I season what was... I'm doing, brother. Yeah. I, I know. You're, you're really dedicated to your craft, and I respect that. So, I mean, last sure. season was... It was pretty crazy. Honestly, it was a fun season because it's been really a couple years since we've seen like such a run of, I guess you can call them underdogs, but not really. I mean, the Rangers, even though they bought their team, that was a super cool story to see them kind of go on a run and eventually win the World Series. And the D-backs a little more homegrown and they had an amazing run too and took down the Dodgers in the process, which was fun. Uh, so yeah, it was a, a pretty crazy season. I think that was also what really the first full year that like we were doing this up here together on btl for the entirety of the season instead of like the uh what two years before was like half you half me when i started to come on here for a little bit so we found some wagons throughout the year it was super fun riding the reds even though didn't make the playoffs in the end but it was uh, still a pretty crazy call and fun to ride in the process throughout the summer especially since they what won 12 in a row the second i placed the bet that was crazy uh, so, yeah, we, we had some fun last year for sure. And most importantly, Aaron Judge going less than his home runs, like we already yeah. mentioned before. People Correct. people forget all those slips that you had from just random prize pick squares throughout, what, really like a couple months before the baseball season started and just all cashed you? 
I cashed like 20 slips when that season ended, <laughs> folks. It was unbelievable. It was a great day. The cash was returned home safely when Aaron Judge soared under his home run total for the year. We'll talk about it. We'll see if you think he can replicate. Uh, we want a non-biased opinion here from Javon. When we talk about the Yankees a little bit, uh, but W recap going over last season, I mentioned the uniforms a little bit. This could be a good segue into the new year, Javon. What is going on with these uniforms? Why are they see-through? Why do they look terrible? Why are the fonts off? They look like a baby wrote them. They're so small. I'm seeing pictures comparing the jerseys from last year. And obviously, you know, they're Fanatics brand this season. Nike designed them. It's not majestic anymore. Um, but they look like a bust, an absolute bust. Uh, I'm blown. Should we go stock up on jerseys, you know, old ones at our team store down the street? What's going on with these puppies? Dude, I was kind of thinking that. Uh, I just not really sure what the stock's going to look like with the new jerseys compared to the old, if they even have any at this point. But yeah, Fanatics took over the jerseys and they look pretty embarrassing, which is it's weird. And I know the answer to this question, of course, but I don't know why they would uh, give it to Fanatics when everything with Majestic has been working so well for years. And the obvious answer to that is is money. But the uh, quality control is terrible. I mean, they made the names a smaller size and they curved, you know, the last names in the back. So a lot of them don't even fit anymore. The jersey material is see-through and it looks flimsy. Nothing's like sewn on anymore. It's just, I don't know. It definitely makes me not want to buy any of the jerseys if those are the ones that I'm getting. And I'm sure the players and they're more expensive? are pretty pissed off too. Yeah, I mean, they've the been getting more expensive for years and it doesn't make any sense, especially now. The replicas are $20 more expensive this year. Okay, we haven't even seen them hit the stores yet because they've gotten such bad reviews from the players wearing them during spring training that a lot of these places, Javon, aren't even putting them out yet. They still have the old jerseys out from last season, but apparently they're supposed to be more expensive. The numbers, you know, letters aren't stitched on. It's just an absolute bust. And as MLB fans, we have to take a stand here and riot. We might have to boycott the merch until we see improvement here, Javon. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, dude, I, at this point, I'd rather take my talents to DH gate from trying to get like an Ellie Straight jersey off. or something. I mean, those might legitimately be better quality at this point than anything the MLB what? and Fanatics are putting out. What are we doing, man? MLB, fix your jerseys, okay? So at least when we're hitting bats or losing bats, the boys can look clean in them while we're betting on them, okay? Um, real quick, let's give the people a rundown of what's going on this season. It's a little bit different uh, than years past, Javon. The season does start on March 20th and 21st. Pretty weird. Uh, a little early here. They do have a series over in South Korea. This is pretty cool between the Dodgers and Padres, which officially does start off the MLB season a little bit before the OG opening day, which is slated for March 28th, where all 30 teams, including those two who will be back, will be participating on that day. So, Javon, thoughts on the Dodgers-Padres early season in South Korea? I mean, personally, I think any baseball is good baseball. If it's early, you know, we get it a week early. It's like getting, you know, the video games pre-sale. You get to play it earlier before everyone else on it. I like it it's somewhat like I I'm perfectly cool with like the game itself. Like that game specifically being played in South Korea is kind of cool, especially when you look at who's involved on the teams on either side. But I, I just I hate there being a series a week before everything else. And then you have to sit there and wait for like the rest of opening day. While, you know, they still have like other spring training games and everything going on normally is scheduled while, you know, the Dodgers Padres series plays out. So like that's I feel like it's going to be super weird. You just have like a couple games that actually mean something going on. And then the rest of the teams are trying to iron out their roster spots for like a week. I don't yeah, know. It's a little weird. It's a little odd. It probably puts the Dodgers and the Padres at a little bit of a disadvantage here to start out their season. Right. It's yeah, not only Dodgers. for you know having to figure out their cuts, but also the travel. 
going across the freaking globe, right? Yeah, which I mean, that's that's why it's a week before everything else. Like that that part, like I get hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, right? They're going to be in a pretty tight situation. I don't know. They're going to cut Teoscar Hernandez or Max Muncie because I mean, that's like the worst players in their lineup, pretty much with the super team they got. So poor Dodgers. We're going to talk about their lineup, and we do not feel bad one bit about them having to travel a little bit there for those opening day games. Okay. Um, some other cool series going on this year, Javon. They're bringing back the Mexico City Series in late April. That's a W. Uh, probably going to be 100 runs in that game. we got to go and mark our calendars there, bet the over on those days. Um, the London Series, they're going in June. That's a W. they got the All-Star Game down in Arlington, Texas, where the Rangers play. Javon, we are 1,000% going to have to hit that. Are you kidding me? we got to be there. That'll be sick. we got to be there like, boots on grounds. It's now me? like, yeah, we don't got to travel, so we can go to everything for – I mean, a lot cheaper, but I, I think it's so cool. And I guess it's in the news now because a lot of people are talking about the NBA All-Star game being absolutely trash to watch. The MLB, if you're like a true baseball fan, that game, I mean, it's always low scoring, but it's because the best pitchers going up and, and matchups that are fantastic. So, like, if you love the sport, the MLB All-Star game and the All-Star weekend, I guess throwing the home run derby too, like nothing compares. That's the best nothing. All-Star All-Star weekend out of any sport, and it's not even remotely close. Right in the backyard, we got to yeah. get their boots on ground. You yeah. kidding me? W is it's going to be an insane year of baseball. Very curious to see how the juice baseball situation plays out, Javon. But we'll just have to see how bad the Yankees start the year out until we know. Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll find out. W is let's talk a little bit about the two teams who were in the World Series last year: the Rangers and D-backs. Who had that on their bingo card? Nobody. Okay, if you did, you're rich. Uh, but unbelievable run from both those teams, Javon. The D-backs out of literal nowhere with that young team who we said were going to be good were great. And they got hot at the end of the year. I've talked about this a lot, Javon. There's always one wagon in the World Series and one team that is just scolding hot. And that team, the latter, was the D-backs, right? And then the stacked team was obviously the Rangers, who, I mean, look, the Rangers haven't won a World Series until this past year, right? They finally broke the seal. Uh, but that team was absolutely stacked, and they did buy their entire roster and bought themselves a World Series. And for the first time, we saw that work out. Javon, thoughts on these two squads heading into the new 2024 season? You know, like I, I don't feel like the Rangers did much to make me like super confident in them coming into this year. Because, like, yeah, I mean, last year, Corey Seager was amazing. Like the pitching staff, once we got into the postseason, figured it out. But they're a problem all season. Obviously, they're missing Degrom, came through injury, and so over that that lineup can hit really top to bottom, or they did last season. I I just don't see them as being significantly different this season. Like I don't know if you're Corey Seager, like how much better you can be. I don't know if you're Marcus Semyon, like how much better you can be, especially when he started to get hot. So like, team's gonna be good, but I still think I have a lot more confidence than like everybody else in that division, AKA the Astros and the Mariners. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they went on a run, but I think it's just going to be like the same team from last year, but the D-backs, I think there's, there's a lot of teams out there, which I mean, the corp one that I'm hundred percent on is like the Tigers. Uh, a lot of teams that have like made improvements or had something at the end of last season to give people hope. And the D-backs seem to be the team like coming out of the world series and nobody's really talking about, because I think they made a, a lot of good additions, like up and down the board and, you know, their pitching staff, I would say they started to get going in the end in the playoffs where a lot of their young guys kind of came along and pitched really well. Their pitching staff was also an issue during the regular season, but I think they're going to be potentially even better this season. So, like, I'm I'm more excited to see the D-backs and what they do uh, than, you know, the Rangers, really. I don't know how you think. 
I mean, look, two points that stuck out to me. Number one, Jack Peterson getting signed to the D-backs. That's an awesome move, in my opinion. He'll be holding down that DH spot, not, not having to play the field, uh, which is a W for everybody involved. Him, our eyeballs, not having to watch him chase you know baseballs <laughs> in the outfield. I mean, also, I think that'll probably benefit him at the plate, staying healthy all year, just focusing on raking, right? That's a big-time signing, I think, personally, for the D-backs there. One-year deal saying, hey, can we run this puppy back? I don't know, but we'll find out. Uh, the D-backs are sitting at plus 35 hundo uh, to win the World Series this year. That is pretty, pretty steep, okay? That's a pretty big number. The Rangers, on the other hand, this is point number two, they're plus 1,400, Javon, to run it back. That's interesting to me. That's the sixth shortest odds to win the World Series. Typically, you know, a team as stacked as they are who returns everybody, you know, would be given more respect than just the six shortest odds to win the World Series. Javon, it seems like odds makers aren't thinking they run it back here. Yeah, and I mean, I think the odds are, are somewhat a testament to how good that division is expected to be this season. Because I mean, I think the Astros are going to be Astros, and truthfully, I could see them being even better than last season, too, if they stay healthy. And the Mariners made a lot of great additions themselves. So uh, I'm not too surprised to see that. But yeah, the D-backs, uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to run back a, a pennant, but they're going to be good. Like, to your point, Jock Peterson, massive ad, but he's, he's not the only one. And I, I love Evan Longoria, don't get me wrong, but getting him out of the fold... Uh, a guy who's just there to be like serviceable him and like a couple of the outfielders like Alec Thomas is good like in some certain spots they had Jake McCarthy in there but like now I mean Paven Smith is is fine he started to pick it up after last season but they have Jock they have Guriel coming back they added Randall Grichik they added Eugenio Suarez in that trade with the Mariners like this lineup's getting a lot deeper so even if their pitching staff maybe isn't exactly what we saw in like the playoffs that lineup can hit you out of a lot of situations. It's so like I'm I'm pretty excited to see them, especially since like the NL West is going to be very good too. Like the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers. Surely I think the Padres are going to have a pretty big bounce back year, especially with that lineup. Rockies are going to be the Rockies, but it's it's going to be competitive and they're going to be good. Sure. I think both those squads will be good, not great. If I was a betting man, I would say both of them will not return to the World Series. Not the hottest it takes if you look at the odds though. Okay. And we'll talk about some of these other wagons, Javon. As well, some of these super teams, if you will, that have assembled uh, over this offseason, mainly the Dodgers, a little bit further into this podcast. For now, um, I wanted to ask you the most important question on this pod. Okay, Javon, um, every year in every sport, this does not just go for baseball, although it definitely does for the Cardinals last season. Every year in every sport, there's a favorite to win the division. Okay. A team never, ever comes through when they're the most public squad. Uh, to be that team that wins their division, Javon. We saw it with the Cardinals last year. That looked like the easiest, freest team of all time to win their division and cash out for betters. And what did they do? They had probably the worst season the Cardinals have had in my lifetime since following baseball seriously over the last you know, 15, 20 years. Joke. Okay? So, Javon, you called that puppy last year. Okay? You looked at me in the eyes. You said the Cardinals are going to be a joke. They're not going to come through. The squares are going to be in piss, if you will. Who is the team this year? Javon, who is the favorite to win their division, the most public, easy angle out there, who's just going to fall flat on their face. Is there one for this season? Now, I'll say this, because what? We're recording this on February 25th. A lot of the public team that never comes through, we start to get those like leading up to the season. So like at this point, there's not a clear answer, but I can kind of give an idea or get an idea based on the odds that we see out there. Because uh, usually we have like a minus 150, minus 140 type favorite. That's like around what the Cardinals were last year. We only have like two that somewhat fit the mold. And like the Twins coming off of that season they had last year, another team that was 
super fantastic to watch. They're minus 115 to win the Central, but a lot of people are in on the Tigers, so not as corp as you would kind of expect there, and I'm in on the Tigers myself, but the one that I could see picking up a lot of steam, even though it's it's a little different because they're not like a big favorite, they're still plus money. Uh, we're recording this on the day where Cody Bellinger just signed his extension with the Cubs, which is a pretty big deal, and to be honest, I would have said this for the Cubs really before this, uh, not that Bellinger is going to be like the main difference for that team, but it's a big part of it. They're sitting at plus 180 as the favorite, not by much to win the NL Central again. So I would not be surprised if, you know, coming up in these next couple of weeks, we see the Cubs start to be the most popular pick. Cause I mean, right behind them, you have the Cardinals who uh, I don't know if you've seen all of their offseason moves, but their pitching staff is a retirement home for the most part. <laughs> a, a couple pitchers that, you know, you just look and you say, that's your offseason signings. Like they added some, decent pieces but it's nothing that you'd be like frightened of especially when you kind of need it after last year and then a lot of people like the reds i don't know if they think they have the juice like that to win the division the brewers are kind of in a fire sale i think they will be in full within like two months so i mean that leaves the cubs who you know like i said just got the bellinger extension done a lot of momentum coming from last season they should have made the playoffs last season that was one of the craziest chokes uh, i think i've ever seen in a playoff race so, I mean, they're probably the team that I would be very weary of. And to be honest with you, I see the Cardinals right behind them, really by five to ten cents. As much as I just talk shit on the Cardinals for what they did in the offseason, that seems awfully short compared to what to expect from the Cubs. All right, I'll lock in my Cardinals uh, division winner ticket right now after the pods, and I'll meet you at the cash counter. It's as simple as that. Might have to. Well, probably not going to be the Cubbies. And I'm with you, right? We'll see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. We'll see the public money, the public perception as we get closer to the season. Guys, we're still like 30 days out. So we have time. Take a breath, okay? But as of right now, the front runner, got to be the Cubbies, right? Yeah. Okay. Dubs, that's enough Cubs talk for one day. Okay, maybe we'll mention the Bellinger move here in a little bit. But let's move on to some bigger and better things, okay? Uh, Javon Wander Franco, he's never going to play baseball ever again at least yeah. not professionally, in the major leagues. Okay, I think we can all agree that, right? But the Rays just signed Ahmed Rosario. Sure. Uh, is he the guy of the future for you at shortstop? Is he a game changer? Is he going to be able to hold it down at least um, over there at the hot corner or, or at shortstop, depending on where he ends up playing? Yeah, he'll play at shortstop. And I, I really like that signing because like, just, just my thoughts on the Rays this year is uh, I'm worried that they had – too many guys, which is kind of weird to say, but like they have Junior Caminero coming in there along with a bunch of guys that like can play second and short, but nobody gets like consistent enough at bats like to see them develop. And I think Rosario is going to be a guy that is out there, you know, the most. That's why they signed him. They also signed him for nothing, which is the classic raise move. So I, I think it's a, a just a raise move that we see every single season that's going to end up working out. So I'm a fan of it to say the least. Okay. Raised to win the AL East plus 650. We locking that puppy in yet? Are we waiting or what's I think going on with the Rays this year, my man? I think they're going to be in contention. And, you know, it's not me just speaking as a fan, which preseason I've only bet on the Rays a handful of times, including last season. I took their win total and took it again this year. And I think they're being counted out because, you know, the Wander situation doesn't help. They also have the best three pitchers in the rotation all have Tommy John right now with Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, and, and Jeffrey Springs. So, they're working off of, you know, Zach Eflin, Tosh Bradley, who I think is going to take the leap. And then, you know, who I think is going to be, you know, the elite guy out of that rotation this year. Oh, God, who? Aaron Savali. I think he's going to be that guy 
that the Rays pump out one of them every year that takes a massive step forward, uh, and it's going to be Savali. It's like that's that's yeah. the guy who I really like. And but, Mackenzie Gore is winning the Cy Young. No, just, just just wait on it, Krabs. Like the 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 Rays pitching staff is, or I guess pitching coaching organization, whatever you want to call it. They're great with guys who work a lot with cutters, and that's exactly what you know Savali did. But he was hurt for a little bit while they were trying to work with him at the end of last season, so they didn't get the full experience. And I think over the the course of the offseason, that's exactly what they did. So he's going to be gross. I think he already started to show like strikeout upside towards the end of last season when he first got traded there. Now I think you're going to see him unleashed. So I love Savali this year. I also love Eflin, but Savali's the guy I think is going to take a, a big leap. Taj Bradley too. I mean he was awful that yeah. majority of last season the home run ball was an issue so we'll see how he bounces back i think he's going to have a, a pretty good season too but savali's the guy they also do like have like so many guys this year which is different for them where they're going to be coming back from injuries or they'll be like in bulk start positions whatever like shane boz is going to come back in like a limited role at some point they traded for ryan pepio and the glass now deal he's a good arm but he's not going to throw you know an absurd amount of innings uh, they brought over Uesawa, this guy from Japan, who he'll get like bulk starts at some points. So, like they have a lot mm -hmm. of pitchers. Depth depth is not as much of an issue as it was last season, you know, health bearing. But I'm uh, definitely in on the race. Okay, shocker. The race fan is in on the race, but to be honest with you, Javon, it's for all the right reasons. And the race will outsmart and outwork their way to the top of that division somehow, some way. They always do. Hate I'll to say, say it, and dudes hates to hear it, but. Um, our producer in the back end, who is a big-time Orioles fan. But um, the Rays always figure it out, I feel yeah. like. And the more pitchers they have, just the more options and opportunities they're going to have to use these guys in the weirdest ways possible to find success. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm gonna say this too. Like It always feels like the Rays are counted out the, at the beginning of the season because everybody says, oh, they traded you know, their best couple players. You look at their roster on paper. It doesn't really excite anybody. It literally never does. This is the, the first season where I think like, nobody has any hope for the race which is interesting because I, I mean not just as a fan but as a person who knows them very well and looks at it like at a betting standpoint i think this is the year that creates the most value for the race so i think they're going to be surprising a lot of people i don't know if they're going to start the season you know undefeated on a legacy run like they did last year but watch out they're going to be good people forget that run they do people do forget that run i'll never forget that national series which was craziest offensive performance I think of all time, which I mean, some of that had to do with the Nationals pitching staff because they're just absolutely terrible, but it was crazy. Well, that's a perfect segue into talking about my Nationals real quick before everyone uh, turns off the pots. I'll keep this one <laughs> short and sweet. I promise you that. Okay. But I know some of you guys want to hear my Nats take for this year. Um, look, we still got about 30, 35 days until the real OG opening day um, comes up here, Javon. But there's one future on my mind. I don't want to make this whole podcast about futures right now. We'll do another one, but I cannot stop thinking about this Nationals win total. And everyone's going to think I'm talking about the Nats, you know, win total over here. As you know, they finished the season relatively strong last year. I think they exceeded everyone's expectations overall, at least minimally. I think we all expected them to be like the athletics, and they turned out a little bit better than that. So um, great. Whoop de doo. Now we're sitting here and we made, you know, no moves in the offseason. Our ownership announced they're not selling the team, which is really beats because they haven't spent any money over the last couple of years, and we don't know what they're going to do down the stretch. But, hey, at least we got Joey Gallo now, right? That should solve all of our problems. Um, guys, the Nats are going to be atrociously bad this season for the reason why Javon just hinted at, pitching. 
Okay, they just don't have the guys. All right. Think about how the Nats season has to go, Javon, for that team to have success in that dominant of a division. Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, Kate Cavalli, who's going to be on the IL for the first couple months of the season, probably not coming back until June. That big three of young studs has to be great. And then we go from there and maybe they'll have a chance. And there is a lot of inconsistencies with this team, the coaching, the managers, you know, the developments that I've got qualms about and qualms with, because I don't think these guys are really that legitimate. And we have all this young talent. I just hope we don't waste it, right? Um, and I have my expectations extremely low after last year that, you know, they kind of surprised some people and they were not the worst team in the league. But this year, I think they might be or at least one of the worst. I'm going to be hammering the win total under 66 and a half. I've already seen it move down from 68 and a half. And the juice is still loose on the under Javon at minus 120. So it's not looking like the odds makers or the sharks are thinking the Nats are going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to be good either. I think, uh, you know, they remind me a little bit of, they remind me a lot of like what I thought of the Royals last season, which mm. they're probably going to be a little less fun to bet on. But a team like, I mean, they got the guy or two, I guess, that can carry them in any given day, which I guess you could say that's a Mackenzie Gore start or you know, CJ Abrams kind of legacy game. But the only reason they weren't A's level last year, I think, is as part of that is Lane Thomas, which I do not think he's going to have a repetition of last season, uh, which is kind of what they need to not be a basement dweller. So I wouldn't be looking forward to too much. You, you got to be pretty excited, though, for the future of that team. I am ecstatic. I am ready for the day they make the call to bring up James Woods and bring up you know Dylan Cruz and Brady House and all these great prospects we've been waiting for, all these guys we made moves and trading guys like Juan Soto to get, right? It's yeah. about time, okay? James Woods hit two home runs in his first two games as a Nat here in spring training. Um, it's about time. Why wait? Call him up. James Wood looks like he's already a you know three-hitter on every other team in baseball. He's unbelievable. I'm ready. I'm excited for the future. I do agree. But what worries me is our ownership, sketchy, cheap, not good. They're not selling the team. Um, and just pitching, bullpen, they have zero guys. And it's not like they have that many arms as prospects. They have all these great position players. And the Nats have been known to spend money on some pitchers and go out and get a guy like Scherzer or go out and get some bullpen guys at the deadline if they're making moves. But we haven't seen that in recent years. And I'm worried about the ownership. But right now, I mean, we're not even going to get to that point. Right. So let's just be happy, healthy, and let's make the call and call up these studs who me and all the Nats fans are more than ready for. James Wood is MLB ready. Come on. Cut the yeah. shit. I'm so excited yeah. to see James Wood and uh and Robert Hassel at that. That's just gonna be like a I don't know what they're gonna do because it definitely they need to make a, a couple holes in the outfield to put them in, which is yeah, is weird considering who they have on the team now. But I don't know. We'll see who gets the call first. I know Hassel's a little bit older. I think, right? So they may be a little less worried about service time for him accumulating very quickly. So yeah. He might he might be the guy they see a little bit first, but James Wood, he's going to have the uh, the Ellie effect, which I wonder because last year, I mean, Ellie came up and was fantastic, but he also went through that massive second half slump. So maybe they bring him up a little early just to try and see if they can get that out of the way. Maybe. And then they have a pretty big season next season. I feel like they're going to call him up late. I feel like he still needs to get reps. He's only 20 years old. But yeah. if I was a GM, he'd be called up yesterday. He'd already be hitting third, opening down. It's just like, what do they have to lose at this point? Other than like the yeah. obvious service time manipulation bullshit. Oh, he's that taking every, time every away from a veteran. Does. 
oh, that veteran stinks. Get him off the team anyways. It's not like we're winning the World Series <laughs> this year. Call him up. He's ready. Taking Come ABs on. from Jake Lou. Yeah, and Jake Lou. I'm sorry, buddy, but you got to go. Okay, Alex Robert Paul. Hassel. Javon, Robert Hassel, uh, hopefully he ages like a fine wine, uh, but he has been up and down his entire minors career. I don't know if I'm sold on him yet, but he's looking good right now. Okay, he had a hit the other day. We'll see. The Nats' future is bright, and we'll leave it at that. The Nats' future is bright, but I'm still going to bitch about it. Fair. Okay. We move. We move. You want to go over some of these big offseason acquisitions? Sure. Well, don't Let's wait. talk about them. Let's talk about their teams. Let's talk about some cool you know, odds and some of these angles here with some of these squads. Who have brought in some really good players? Okay, we can start with our guy Goots, our producer's team, the O's. They brought in Corbin Burns. They mean business. Talk about ownership mattering. That's why I'm so worried about the Nats. It matters so much in baseball. The Orioles get bought uh, a month or so ago, Javon, and within that week, they have a top five pitcher in baseball. Corbin Burns, ready to roll. Plus 1,200 to win the World Series, Javon. The Orioles are. What are we thinking about the O's chances this year? I mean, I like the O's. I mean, it's hard do not love the trade for obvious reasons. Uh, not just that's exactly what they need last season, not just the fact that it's Corbin Burns, but they didn't have to give up much to do it because it is a, what, a one-year rental. We'll see if they're able to resign them. I can only assume that that's kind of in the plans if they made the trade in the first place. But yeah, I think, and I hate that I'm saying this, I think we get prime Corbin Burns this year, which is huh. huge. Like. I think he is going to look maybe even better than he did in Milwaukee for any of these seasons. And that says a lot because Milwaukee talk a lot about what the Orioles do with some of their pitchers. The Brewers are the Rays of the North or the Rays of the NL. You can basically say they're fantastic at developing pitching. But Gordon Burns kind of started last year off pretty shaky, walking a lot of guys, wasn't generating nearly as many whiffs. Then he started to pick it up. So like now going into Baltimore, it's also like hard to ignore him being in like a really weird situation there in Milwaukee in his last year where they knew he didn't want to be there. I assume he knew that he was on his way out. So like, what are you really there for at that point? Now he's on a contender and a big time division. I think he's going to pitch some of the best innings of his career. And I think the strikeout stuff is going to be even better than ever. So like that rotation with him and Kyle Bradish at the top. So in on it. I'm not a, not the biggest gray rod guy. I'll say that this season, but those two at the top, we'll see if anybody else like the back end can pick it up. I am petrified of that rotation. Yep. It's the O's. They're smart. They're targeted. Okay. They find ways to win with these young guys. It's so impressive. And now they have an actual, you know, blue chip big time piece that the new ownership went out and got in Corbin Burns to sit at the front of that rotation. My goodness. Watch out for the O's this year. They're only getting started. And as all the listeners know, I mean, Camden Yards, the O's, they've been so bad recently. Baseball fans, unless you're Javon and you root for the Rays or you're a Sox or Yanks fan or a Toronto fan, one of the three of them total, um, you know, you are just an Orioles fan low key in your back pocket. You just root for this organization. They're underdogs, right? They don't spend money. They don't spend coin. They home grow. They develop. you got to tip your cap and respect it. And the Orioles are doing great things. Not saying they're going to come through for betters and win the World Series at plus 12 hundo, but I do think they'll have one heck of a year once again with your race in the AL East. Yeah, I mean, even as a Rays fan, when you have the the Red Sox and Yankees, and I guess maybe you can even throw the Blue Jays in there too, like it's it's still hard not to root for the Orioles. I mean, they were so bad for so many years, and to see them actually contending now, I mean, they're they're not too far off from the Rays in terms of like this team that nobody really is scared of on paper, but they find out ways to do it. Last couple of years, like I I'd love to see them be good, even regardless of if it comes at expense of the Rays. Sometimes they are on the track to become 
like the Rays, right? You guys have proven it. You've shown the success. You've had the results. You've gotten to the World Series, right? I feel like the Orioles are just a couple years behind. We'll see if they can keep progressing. But, man, uh, I picked the wrong team growing up. I wish I was an O's fan right now. I'd be pretty excited. Shame. Well, you went through – you could have picked the O's or the, the Red Sox, right? Which Yeah, well, I was a Red Sox fan. It. And then I got yeah. bullied into becoming an all of DC sports fan, which is a great move by my friends. Really appreciate that one still. Yeah, that's, that's um, so tough. Yeah, it could have been a Tom Brady fan too. Oh, throw up. I would have thrown up about three years if I was too. So, well, Can't I'd be also crazy. be kissing my rings. Yeah, hundred percent. Man, all right. Well, we talked about the Cubs briefly earlier, Javon, a little bit about being that fraudulent favorite in the division this season. I'm not done with them yet. All right, let's talk a little bit about Cody Bellinger here. He just re-signed today, like you already mentioned. They are plus 180 favorites to win the NL Central. You're out completely on the Cubs this year. You don't see them finding any sort of way to continue that magic from last year with Justin Steele at all? No, I wouldn't say that necessarily. I'm not saying I'm, I'm completely out on the Cubs. Just, I mean, if we're talking about the system that's printed as far as division favorites, that would be the one that stands out. And I think the gap is a little slimmer than it seems between them and you know, the Cardinals, the Reds, God forbid that, you know, the Pirates make a little bit of noise and maybe it'll it'll fizzle out like it did at the beginning of last year. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where I'm at with the Cubs right now. And I will say, Cody Bellinger, have you seen any of the players talking about that extension a little bit today? No, are they, they are, ecstatic? They're are they excited. They are yeah. excited. It's like that's a, that's a big locker room signing. They also, like Scott Boris, has been trying to push for uh, a lot of money for a lot of these guys. Bellinger didn't get it. That was a relatively cheap deal. So, like the Cubs between that signing and the Amanga signing, uh, they didn't really shell out too much money. So, if you're a fan of you know any of the other NL Central teams, like those are deals that, unlike the Cubs, you know struggled to get from underneath them with a lot of the guys from the World Series team. Like those are solid deals that are not going to kill them in a couple of years if these guys don't produce at you know levels that they really expect. So, pretty good signings and the Bellinger thing is it's he's a huge locker room guy. He's going to produce for them too. So, I mean, that's big for them. And the understatedness of the Cubs is definitely not because of him signing. I'll tell you that. Before we move on to the major topics here, cough, cough, Soto and the Yankees, I want to ask you this. Do you think Bellinger replicates the insane success he had last season where he was hitting, you know, around 300 or over 300 for the most of the season, right? Uh, is he going to replicate that type of success where he's almost being thrown around in the MVP conversation? Like is MVP Bellinger back or are we, you know, should we temper our expectations a little bit? I think temper him for now. I think he'll definitely show flashes of what he did at parts of last season. But frankly, if you look at like when those, I don't know, crazy performances came from, like there was a lot of bad pitching in the NL central, which Part of it, like I know damn well because I was watching a lot of these Reds game. That bullpen was one of the worst bullpens I've ever seen. He did a lot of damage against them, uh, a lot of damage against the Pirates, which the Pirates also bad, but they got a little better in the offseason. You know, same uh, with some of these Brewers guys. We'll see how it kind of shakes out if they go on like a full fire sale or not. But I think it, not that they're playing only their division anymore because the scheduling is a little different, but the interdivision pitching has gotten a little bit better. So there's something to be said for that. Uh, but I don't really know. I think he, I don't want to say shelled out all of his numbers from last year, but it's hard to expect him to do that again or be even better, God forbid. But mm -hmm. he's he's definitely still a crucial piece of that lineup that you got to respect. And speaking of tempering expectations, Javon, let's talk about the New York Yankees. Why don't we now? Okay. It's about that time. 
All right. Uh, one of my favorite players and, you know, former ex-best friend, Juan Soto. I've got a picture with him. No big deal. Uh, the T-Mobile down the street. But uh, <laughs> my guy, Juan Soto, you know, in the pinstripes. And the day we're recording this, by the way, February 25th, um, to anybody listening right now, a little bit later, Juan Soto had a home run today. Okay. And not only a home run, but Juan Soto had an absolute piss missile to left center field, his specialty, where when you see him hitting the ball like that, Javon, you know Juan Soto is 10 out of 10, locked in, doing exactly what he needs to be doing and not getting pool happy here um, yeah. and trying to hit the ball to right field every single time like he did on the Padres last season with that toxic club, okay? The Yankees, Juan Soto, he is here. He has arrived. Javon, let me rip you through this projected New York Yankees lineup for the upcoming season. I want your thoughts, okay? DJ LeMahieu, Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres, Alex Verdugo, Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Volpe, and Austin Wells. Okay, their projected rotation as of right now is Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, ugh, Marcus Stroman, Clark Schmidt, and Nestor Cortez. Who knows what's going on with Domingo Herman? I don't know. I don't care. Okay, Javon, I'll try to be as least biased as I possibly can talking about the Yankees, but Every word that comes out of my mouth is the truth. I mean, they're absolute melters. They fold like Dollar Tree lawn chairs, right? But at some point, the Yankees are going to be due, right? It's been almost 14, 15 years since they've won a World Series. They've got the high payroll, but they're lazy. They take stabs at, you know, bringing in these big-time names like Juan Soto. But what I'm worried about a little bit, Javon, is did they hit with one here? Did they go a little bit crazy putting Soto, one of the best young players in the game, in pinstripes? I'm officially worried, okay, as a Yankee hater, full-blown, seeing Juan Soto, and most importantly, seeing Aaron Judge hitting behind Juan Soto this season, and they have no way to pitch around that guy, is going to keep me up at night. Javon, the Yankees, plus 165 to win the AL East. Are they the clear-cut favorite to win that division, and are they the clear-cut favorite you know, to win the American League as of right now? No. Um, I'm kind of – so off of seeing them as the favorite i think like in the betting market which a lot of that's just because of the soto trade they're so overvalued like uh, and a lot of that it really isn't the backbone from the soto trade like a lot of it that i've heard about the yankees supporting them this year is their pitching staff you know they're so good towards the end of last season when games didn't matter and they're playing the white Sox and royals every other week uh so they're good and uh, i don't think i'm gonna expect that same those same type of numbers i mean the bullpen was absolutely fantastic you got a Cy young season out of garrett cole and they added to the starting rotation obviously with stroman and you're hoping for a rodone bounce back season i don't think it's going to be as smooth in the pitching staff as you know some people think so on the back end i'm a little concerned about some regression coming there but lineup wise i gotta say the last thing that i want to see as a fan of another al east team is the yankees having another DJ LeMahieu like presence in the lineup, which that is exactly what Juan Soto gives them. Uh, so I'd be a little concerned, but I think he's going to do great. I don't think he's going to be this power driven monster at the short porch. Like everybody seems that he's going to think to be, because if he pulls the ball consistently and tries to be a short porch merchant, that's going to be the Juan Soto that we straw struggle a lot of last season in San Diego. So I think he's going to do Juan Soto things, take at bats, take walks, hit to the opposite field, uh, which again, it's double DJ LeMahieu in that lineup, which is really scary. But you know who I i don't want to say I like because I hate it because the Yankees. But you know who I really think is going to take a big step this year, which, again, I absolutely hate to say it. Don't tell me you think Carlos Rodon is going to f- remember how to pitch again. 
Not Radon. Uh, okay, it's, it's a hitter. I like Anthony Volpe this year. Do you? Which he's he's been working a lot to kind of keep his contact up, like he was, you know, throughout his like journey in the minors. The whiff rates were like alarmingly high last season. It's tough to play shortstop in the MLB. A lot of these guys kind of did the same thing going through these struggles where couldn't hit the ball. He was one of them. Ellie was one of them. There's a, a lot of them out there. Uh, but him, I think he is a guy who's working in the offseason to kind of fix that. And having Juan Soto to learn from on the team is definitely going to take a big step. So, like, I think we're going to start to see flashes of what all the Yankees fans thought Anthony Volpe was going to be the second he got brought up here. So that's the guy. Uh, if he does take that step forward, like I'm kind of expecting him to, and I'm sure the Yankees fans are still holding out a little hope for, that's when I'll get really worried if I'm in any mm-hmm. other team in the AL East. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Javon is thinking the Yankees might not win the World Series this year, but they're going to be pretty stinking good. They're going to be better. That's for sure. They're going to be better. Well, that stinks. It is what it is. And you know what, Javon? I can't even disagree with you because this team is super due. And at one point, they are going to break the seal and at least, you know, get to an AL uh, championship series here and do something for the first time in over a decade. Something. It could be this year. Maybe so it'll be the difference. Who knows? Yeah. Last thing before we move on to the Dodgers super team and start bitching about that. Aaron Judge over under 44 and a half home runs this year, Javon. Give me a prediction. I think he's going to be right around that number. I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but my gut says my gut says don't fade him. And it's because of exactly what you said when you're surrounded by, you know, DJ LeMahieu and Juan Soto now, as opposed to you know, just Glaber Torres, like there's, there's nobody, you can't pitch around Aaron judge nearly as much anymore. And it's not to say that they're not going to shake up the lineup to try and make that happen. Maybe they'll hit him a little lower and maybe, I don't know, they'll make some moves around it to try to make teams continue to pitch around Aaron judge or continue to pitch to Aaron judge. But like, there's not a, not a soul or not a bone in my body that wants to fade him after we already got our lick on him last season, I am taking my money and I am running. So I'll tell you what, that's fading that guy two years in a row scares me. Last year he had 37 home runs, missed a lot of games. The guy gets hurt all the time. The year before that, he had 62. People forget he had 62. Okay, he actually did the damn thing. I'll tip my cap there. That was unbelievable. Okay, he played 157 uh, games. Do you forget his record-setting home run, or is that burning your brain? No, I was actually there and about two sections over from it. So, no, I can never forget that. That's a nightmare that I relive, you know, damn near every year. Um, but I'm looking back at what Mr. Judge has done in recent years. I'm looking back at what he's done recently. I mean, the math is simple here, Javon. If Aaron Judge plays baseball, he hits home runs. And I'm not even dumb enough to fade that angle. Okay. But what I will say is he's not getting any younger. Okay. And this guy, seven out of the eight seasons, he's been in the MLB. Okay. Maybe you can give him, you know, his rookie year two, where he played a, a pretty decent amount as well. Okay, six and a half out of the eight seasons he's played this year, he has missed too many games, not a lot of games. Okay, not a big chunk of games, not a month of games. He has missed too many games to be, you know, the guy who gets the hype centered around him. I don't get it. He doesn't play. Okay, is that a problem? Is that an issue that's going to get better or worse for him as he continues to get older? It's probably not going to get better, but like I, no. I feel like in term in the terms of like situations last year, like he could have played 
for a lot longer and for a lot more of those games if they mattered worth a shit. They were just Ooh. not in the race, which was the thing. So, like, I, I think at the very least they're going to be in the race. I don't see another situation where they're just blown out of the wild card race, you know, from the jump and they're never really in it. I think they're going to be in the playoffs and be a playoff team. That'll be kind of the story all the way through. So, I think that'll help him play a few more games. Uh, so you mean last year when he was at the U.S. Open tennis tourney at 2 a.m. during the MLB season, he actually could have been playing in his games the next day, and they just didn't need him because they were so bad? That yeah. is wild, folks. And the fact that he can get away with that does not make any sense to me. And if anybody listening knows why or how that makes sense or that he gets away with all this, please let me know. Hit me up yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, let, the the let the guy live. Let the guy live, Krabs. I just don't get it. The math does not check out there to me. Okay, we'll see if he can hit more than 44 and a half. Okay, if he stays healthy, Javon, he probably he will. will. Yeah. He probably will. But that is a big if. We've only seen it once, maybe twice in his entire career. I need to see it. Okay? I don't need the talk. I don't need the expectations. I don't need, you know, the potential. The guy hits moonshots. I get it. It's cool when he hits them. But he needs to play. He needs to play. We'll see if he does this year. Okay. If he plays more than 140 games this year, he will store over that number. That's a big if, folks. And we'll just it have is. to wait and see. Have to wait and see. All right. Let's talk about the Dodgers super team and then we'll wrap this puppy up. Okay. We've been going on for, you know, about 45 minutes. This is perfect. I want to read to you. I, I read you that, you know, pretty good Yankees lineup, Javon. I want to read you this Dodgers lineup and I want to get your thoughts on it. Can we do that? Sure. Sure. Let's go through this real quick. All right. Um, it's pretty good. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Will Smith, Max Muncie, James Altman, Teoscar Hernandez, Jason Haywards, and Gavin Lux. And that doesn't even include the clutches hitter on the West Coast, Chris Taylor. Don't forget the name. Okay. Cannot forget about it. the pitchers they got. Yamamoto, you ever heard of him? He's supposed to be pretty freaking good. We'll <laughs> yeah, see. Just a little bit. Tyler Glass now? Ugh, shouldn't have brought that one up. But he's there. Okay, and we'll see when he gets back up on the mound. Very curious to see uh, when we get a Glass now appearance. Bobby Miller is a name that's being thrown around. James Paxton, sure. Emma Sheehan's hanging around there. Clayton Kershaw was just re-signed. You know, he's going to be locked in. People are not talking about how great of a season he had last year before he got hurt enough. They're not. It was unbelievable. Just absolute, pure, dominant pitching from the old lefty. Great work. Can he replicate that again? Probably. He's Clayton Kershaw. Okay? My point is, Javon, this might be the greatest team that's ever been assembled. Okay? Do you agree? Have you ever seen a squad this stacked before the season has started in your entire life of following this sport? I haven't. They're like that. Yeah, I mean, this lineup is absolutely absurd like it's from top to bottom there's just no holes in this lineup the fact that you could have a lineup and you could genuinely argue that Mookie Betts is the third best hitter in that lineup is absolutely insane it's like the fact they have that and then like you go top to bottom like JD Martinez in this lineup obviously minus Shohei minus Teoscar minus a couple of guys like he absolutely grubbed last season had a fantastic season kind of cleaned up a, a lot of the RBIs for that team so like 
now you're going to have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei with Max Muncy to clean it up if you want, Teoscar Hernandez in there to clean it up. like Will Smith. Will Smith in there to clean it up, who also had a really good season last season. Uh, I mean, there's just there's no holes in, throughout this entire lineup. And, like, the one problem with the Dodgers, other than, you know, Mookie and Freddie not showing up in the playoffs, like the bottom of that lineup kind of became like an abyss for, like, some point of last season, whether it was – you know, guys struggling like Gavin Lux getting hurt didn't help. David Peralta was good for a little bit and kind of flamed out towards the end of the season. Like now, what are you going to do? Like, who are you going to pitch to? It's impossible. It's like looking at an all-star lineup. They don't even have room to put Chris Taylor in the projected starting lot. Chris Taylor would start on every single other baseball team in the league. Every right. single other one. And he's not even the third guy here. He'd be one of the best outfielders on those teams. Unbelievable roster. Now, will they live up to it? Javon, I don't know. Okay. They are plus 350 to win the World Series this year. That is insanely short. Yes, you heard me right. Plus 350. Okay. The shortest odds to win the World Series in the last 40 years, except for the Yankees in 1999 when they were plus 200 and the Yankees in 2000 when they were plus 250. Javon. The Yankees won the World Series in both of those years. Is this line telling to you what are odds makers supposed to do? This is literally a super team. It doesn't even feel real at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know what you can realistically expect odds makers to do. Like, I mean, they rightfully so, one of the best lineups, if not the best lineup we've seen assembled in our lifetime. You got to put them as one of the shortest favorites of all time. So, I mean, it's rightfully so. And, I definitely don't have the balls to bet against them, whatever way that would take, whether it's a, a win total preseason or, you know, taking a couple other teams to win the World Series outright and just say anybody but the Dodgers. That team is absolutely ridiculous. So I really have nothing to say other than I still think there's a couple question marks within the pitching staff, which, A, like, I mean, everybody is so excited about Tyler Glass now. We'll see if he can stay on the field. So I'll tell you firsthand from watching him for years against the Rays, not or with the Rays, not that it's some big secret, but been very injury prone. And he's also from a pitching sequence perspective, he's also very predictable. So we'll see what kind of changes the Dodgers little pitching lab forces him to have. And if he's able to stay on the field, because after you get beyond that, like great year from Kershaw, we'll see what he can do, if anything, this season. But like other than that, you have a lot of guys that were pretty unimpressive for long stretches last season so if they need big time innings out of those guys uh not that their offense can't just swing them out of every single game but it's not like it's going to be easy it's like I, I don't think that pitching staff has gotten drastically better like their lineup has you think you could get a hit off of tyler glass now <laughs> uh no definitely not you're trying Absolutely. to talk like you could no god no i mean that dude like <laughs> If I'm an MLB hitter, I am just sitting on the fastball and saying, if you yeah, throw, you yeah, I mean, throw, throw the slur of whatever you want. His command hasn't been consistent enough for that. So, like, if I'm an MLB hitter, if I'm, like, I'm not swinging at anything else besides a fastball, if I'm Nolan Jones playing in cores, I am sitting on a fastball and shooting at 480 the second it touches the zone. But, like, yeah, when you got to start your swing when he starts his freaking windup. Yeah, I mean it's it's not the same. And he hands he hands the ball to the freaking catcher. It's already there that's, in the glove. It's that's insane. the toughest part. I've heard a lot of MLB players talk about hitting glass now. It's just like the the fastball gets on you so quick because of you know his release angle and everything or his release point. 
It's like it's I couldn't even imagine just like seeing that come at you from the batter's box. It's got to be absurd. I mean, any baseball player knows, right? A guy throwing 88 can look like he's throwing 94 and vice versa too, right? A guy throwing 94 could be throwing flat stuff. You don't face that much, you know, at the levels we play at. But, uh, you know, a guy throwing 94 in the majors, it could look more like 90 to a lot of these guys because he's flat, right? It just completely depends on the arm angle. It depends on a hundred different things. And that's why baseball is so awesome. There's not exactly, you know, one right way to do it. All these guys are just a little bit different in their own way, right? Speaking of someone who's different in their own way, Blake Snell. Okay, Blake Snell still does not have a team, Javon. Um, Blake Snell, is he going to be a Yankee? Because he's minus 150 right now to end up in pinstripes. And if that's the case, I might have to boycott the season. Yeah, I'm not sure how this one's going to end up. Obviously, I'm hoping you know, to God that he's not a Yankee because I would really hate to see him in pinstripes. But I don't know. It feels like this whole – Boris client standoff if it were to end in New York. Not that they don't have the money to spend, but I figured the bigger contract in all likelihood is going to come from the Angels, a team who has a little more of that cap to spend. And, you know, Blake is a West Coast guy, so I'd be surprised to see him, you know, super excited to go to New York, even though I'm sure he's a competitive guy who wants to go to a little better of a winning situation. So I still think he'll he'll probably end up in L.A., but that could also just be wishful thinking because I will actually – I don't know what I'm going to do if I see him step on the mound in pinstripes. I will be sick. It would be, first of all, it'd be tragic. It'd yeah. be an absolute travesty. I would not be doing a single thing that day besides lying to dad and bitch on Twitter. Plain and simple. Yeah. It's about um, all you can do. Number two, I want to give you these odds for some of these teams that are projected to be at least, you know, in the hunt to get snow. Like I said before, the Yankees minus 150. Javon to land him. I'm going to be sick. Just saying that out loud again, I pray to God the Yankees don't get him because it would be a very Yankees move to go out and get a starter that they really don't need, but they can get and they could have. And that's how the Yankees roll. It's a Yankees move. Let's not let's cut the shit. It's a total Yankees move to go out there and get him, even if they don't need him. It is. We've seen it before more often than not. Okay. Yankees minus 150, the favorites. I'm going to be sick. The Angels right behind them, though, Javon, like you were saying, plus 300. Okay. Yeah. Mariners right there as well. Plus 450. That's his local, you know, hometown team, Seattle. He's from there. I could see him, you know, he's having a kid soon, starting the family. Maybe he wants to go to Seattle. Maybe he takes a speck of a discount, but his agent Scott Boris. Okay. Let's be realistic here. Come on. And then the yeah. Giants are also right there in the loop as well, Javon, at plus 500. So out of the Yankees, Angels, Mariners, and Giants, Javon, you're thick of the Angels at plus 300. Probably the best bet right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, I'm not. Not Blake Snell, or I'm not in in his head talking to him or anything, but I would think he wants to stay on the West Coast. You know, like you said, dude just uh, started a family out there. So I would think he wants to stay on the West Coast of the Angels. I kind of figure if you wanted to take a pay cut and go to his hometown team in the Mariners and they're offering him something respectful, uh, that probably would have happened already in my eyes. So I'm thinking Mm -hmm. it's probably Angels, Yankees that it's going to come down to. I think the Giants, too, if they're going to offer him enough, he probably would have been there already. So Still think it's the Angels, hoping it is, because if it's the Yankees, I'm going to be sad. Yep, that will ruin my entire week. Yep. Yeah, that would be piss. Then I would have to send a MLB season geyser with not only Aaron Judge and Juan Soto fades, but also one of our goats. And I don't want to do that, Javon. I don't want to yeah. fade the goats of all goats, Blake Snell. Come on. But if he's in pinstripes, what do I do? I'm only a man, right? Let's just yeah. hope it doesn't get to that point. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll never forget his uh, 
MLB coming out party for the Rays was against the Yankees. And that was one of the greatest starts I've ever seen from a rookie pitcher in that setting in Yankee Stadium. It's going to always be some nostalgia there, I guess, for him, if that's any sort of saving grace, which is probably not good. But, man, I do not want to see him in the Yankees pinstripes. Nothing I love hearing more about that than Blake Snell absolutely mowing down the New York Yankees. I would love yeah. to see that going forwards. Maybe he'll join the race, come back home. <laughs> he ain't coming yeah, home. That, that ship might have sailed. He ain't coming home, brother. All right. W's. Well, anyone listening, I appreciate you guys. You've stuck around for almost an hour listening to us talk about the upcoming MLB season. Okay. We'll dive deeper into these teams and bets for the upcoming season. You know, as we get closer, we're still about, you know, 30, 35 days out from the OG opening day. Okay. So don't worry, guys. We will talk prize picks. We will talk season-long entries before the year starts. Relax. Take a breath. Right now, we're just getting started. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed the preview for the upcoming MLB season. Please follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, okay? The Twitch page. Follow us there as well, Book It Sports. We go live every single weekday, Monday through Friday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, talking bets for that day, okay? These podcasts meant for more big picture stuff, talking about the MLB season, right? If you want winners for the daily, come over to the Twitch or YouTube page, Book It Sports, and watch behind the lines as we chef up winners every single day. Isn't that right, Javon? Always. That's what we come here for, a little CBB. I guess we got the next couple of weeks before baseball season is in full swing. So between now and then, that's our daily activities, and then they are starting to light up some of these fun MLB season squares on prize picks now. They just made a – they made a re-up, I think, late last night. So there's a couple more guys on the board still waiting for a couple categories to be, you know, in full swing. But we'll definitely be talking about some of those as we get closer. You want to give the people a tease, a little send-off tease piece here? Is there a guy, a category, something that popped up on that board when they did that refresh yesterday that you want to let the people know about? Well, to be honest, the little refresh that they did last night was a lot of more fun squares like a lot of the super low home run numbers they put up the multi home run category and i can tell you uh, unfortunately one of the things that actually you know we're researching for this pod and for the next couple you know i talked about anthony volpe how i expected sure. a little resurgence from after last year they do have him up for a multi home run game square which a little odd to me but i really think that's going to hit so that's one that in the little re-up last night that immediately caught my eye uh, so that one caught my eye and then just in the general mlb season square i want to fade zach gallon this year as much as i talked about loving the diamondbacks this year that is my one caveat to everything they did last season he was at like a career high by a lot in innings and if you look at a lot of his numbers it kind of screams Alec Manoa from last season. I don't think he'll be nearly as bad. He ain't getting sent to the Florida Complex League, but that's a guy that, you know, we tried to fade him all throughout last year. In certain games, he came out and was a magician, got a lot of undeserved results, literally the same as Alec Manoa a year. And everybody said, I don't want to keep fading him because he's got that dog. He's taking our money, trying to be sharp for an entire season. We'll see what happens this year. So the one thing I'll be looking out for is a, a gallon ERA square if that ever drops. Oh, I'm sure it will. Okay. Sure and all will. our listeners out there, if you're looking to find us, okay, go find us on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Javon underscore Deeb or at Crabs with a K underscore bets. But I'm sure most of you already follow us on there. Okay. 
Uh, but please subscribe to the YouTube page. Okay, we're working our butts off to give you guys great content for the upcoming MLB season and just, you know, sports betting content in general. So support the squads. Okay, we don't charge for the picks. We do them all for free. All right, so drop a follow, subscribe, leave a review, okay, and stick around. We'll be doing more of these MLB podcasts coming up before the season starts, okay? And also, the listeners got to let us know on Twitter as well. What parks do we need to hit this summer in baseball, right, Javon? Where are we going? That's a big one. That's a big one. I think one of my biggest regrets of last year, which wasn't really under our control too much, but not getting the Great American Ballpark during the crazy run, hated that. Hated that, but we definitely got to figure out – I definitely will be getting there this year, but we need to figure out some cool spots to go to this year for sure. So everybody listening, we'll definitely have more conversations about this, whether we make a post about it or talking in BTL chat just casually or whatever. Feel free to let us know. So we need some spots. We're going to make some great content for everybody going out there too. And I'm excited. Could not be more excited. Okay, let us know where we should hit this summer, where we dropping boys. Guys, baseball. Our best sport. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to rip the bandaid off. I said I wouldn't do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. The best sports. Okay. You guys know where to get your MLB contents. We've got 30 plus days still till the season starts and we're dropping this first pod. There is more content coming. Stick around. Subscribe. Drop a follow. We will be back to talk more MLB before the season starts. We appreciate your time. All right. Most importantly, go Nats and fuck the Yankees. We'll be safe. There we go. We will. Peace.